Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nodkerny. Rohan, how was your weekend? Good, sir. Mike, it was good. I flew home for the holiday this week, so I'm in uh, Coral Springs, Florida, where I grew up. It's incredibly humid. Did, have I gone on my coffee shop rant on this show before? You've you've gone on a few, but I don't know if this iteration is new, so why don't you hit us with it right now? So I'm trying very hard not to be a coastal elitist. As someone who's lived in New York and Los Angeles, it's, a, it's an uphill battle that I fight every day. It's my personal challenge. We are all, we are all tested in different ways. Sure. And I'm trying to be self-aware. I'm trying to remember where I came from, but... You know, I, I'm just trying to get a cold brew every day, Mike, and it's it's ridiculous. Like, people here can't believe it when I don't want a flavor in my coffee. Uh, the other day, I ordered an iced latte, and the one was like, so just the coffee and the milk? And I was like, yeah, I, I go to this other coffee shop, and I order a cold brew, and they're like, just so you know, that's our most caffeinated drink. And I'm like, that's the point. They're still charging, they're still charging me a dollar <laughs> for oat milk. There's still char- like the upcharge on a splash of oat milk in Coral Springs is ridiculous. It's still just a buck for like an ounce of cold milk. Like, what are we doing here? They just I, I need the the coffee shops in Broward County to get into the 21st century, please. The um, price hike for oat milk is one of my great pet peeves in life because oh, I'm an oat milk person. I gotta yeah. have it. It's necessary. Also, I tweeted about this, but God forbid you want to order sushi uh, in in the suburb, and it's like <laughs> they just can't, they can't help themselves when they're coming up with the menu. They have to name it the wildest stuff, like the wildest. Like I don't need like a dancing naked girl roll. Like what? Like what? Just what's wrong? Whatever. Whatever happened to spicy tuna? Um, 
No, you you make some great points. This should be honestly um, uh, broken out into a new episode. <laughs> yeah, at some it's going to be my mayoral I have the same exact pet peeves. Yeah. Yes, I, and you will I, definitely win. Can I confront you about something that I learned about you earlier today? Oh my god! Sure. You've never seen the classic animated film Balto. Uh, you were, first, you were like. <laughs> I, I don't even like animated movies because you were like, I don't watch animated movies. I felt like this is a rite of passage that every kid goes through is seeing this movie about the heroic dog, Balto, who delivers that medicine to that sick little girl. And I just can't believe you've never seen it. I grew up on Goodfellas, homie. Oh what you know God. about that? <laughs> I know. I know. Just because of us mentioning this, we're going to get about 45 emails about it. I want to so know the Balto probably... emails. I hope we get an email from Balto himself. <laughs> That wily dog. <laughs> okay, uh, we are officially off the rails, and I have a cold. I don't know if I'm coming across great, but I sound—I probably sound funny to our listeners, and that is why. Um, on today's show, which I'm very much looking forward to, we'll be opening up the mailbag to talk about LeBron James. Have you heard of him? Uh, Luke LeBron Walton's James. dismissal. <laughs> Luke Walton's dismissal from Sacramento. A little Celtics. And some more stuff. But first, a quick reminder to everyone out there to please keep the emails coming. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. All right, Rohan. So, full disclosure, I sent you an outline for today's show. Um, it was either Sunday morning or Saturday night. I can't remember. It was Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning. Okay. It was Sunday morning. And in it, our main topic for today's show was going to be. LeBron James. And LeBron James. J- LeBron James, just how he looks, um, how much he's declining, if at all, and just what that means for the Los Angeles Lakers. And if he isn't a top, 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 top tier superstar anymore this season, uh, just what, what, what are the, what's the fallout of that? What's the aftermath? What are we talking about here? Because he's looked... Um, up and down, I would say, since returning from injury, and the injury is also its own sort of uh, dilemma here for L.A. that they're trying to figure out, and they were blown out by uh, the Boston Celtics in Boston on Friday <laughs> night, and uh, he didn't look great in that one, even though it was his first game back <laughs> from the abdominal to, strain. That had, that had to be oh, yeah. snuck in here. He looked, it's, I it's thought a, he looked pretty good for first game off of a, an injury. It, it's a critical point. We have to include it. Um, but as everyone listening now knows, obviously on Sunday night in Detroit, during another frustrating Lakers performance against the Pistons, LeBron was ejected for um, punching slash elbowing Isaiah Beef Stew Stewart in the face. <laughs> and Isaiah, his response was... One of the most legendary. I'm not condoning it at all, but I'm not it was condoning it. But I enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it. It was. <laughs> it was. A, it was, a, <laughs> it was a legendary response. We're glad no one got seriously hurt besides Isaiah Stewart's um, eye. I guess there was a lot of blood. Yes, there was I, a lot listen, of anger. I'm sure. I'm not. I'm yes. not condoning some of the things Rick Ross says in his music, but I'm listening to it. Okay, uh, so. <laughs> Listen, Isaiah Stewart's commitment to the, um, no, no, guys, I'm cool. It's fine. I'm cool. And then running back over was It was incredible. cartoonish. It was incredible. It, yes, was car- you do, it was like cartoonish. Let me put it this way. But- you don't see that every day. You don't see that every day. 
<laughs> so before we get into the LeBron discussion that you and I were planning to have, we have to address the scene at Little Caesars yes. Arena even more than we just did. And so I'm going to let you take you this could, wherever you want. You could say you Isaiah want. Stewart was hot and ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, little, exactly. It's a little little Caesar's joke for you. Uh, what's your question, but, Mike? <laughs> my question is: I just want you to take this wherever you want to go. Like, what mm. was your reaction when you first saw this? Did you see it on Twitter first, like me, like an idiot, or yes. were you watching live? Just like I what, was. Bring me through was, the TikTok of what happened for you. I was not watching Lakers Pistons live. I was no. I had very little interest in that game. And I was surprised. I mean, I was following along on Twitter. I was certainly surprised to see that the Pistons were keeping it close, having a lead uh, for most of the night while LeBron was even playing. Then, obviously, I see all the tweets, etc., and I start watching, and it was actually a pretty exciting finish to that game. As far as the actual, you know, fracas, fracas, the dust-up, the rumble, listen, I think it's pretty clear LeBron, I don't think he wanted to hit the guy in the face. I think he wanted to give him a little a little bit more than just a box out. You know what I mean? I, I think that there's no secret. I think LeBron would even admit that he wanted to, uh, you know, he, he was getting a little annoying. He wanted to get, get he, he stew off his okay. back a little bit. I, okay. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think he really wanted to can punch I just say, him in the face. Can I just say something though? Um, sure. There has been a lot of um, defending LeBron, rightfully so based on what is this? 17 years of, um, like just him being this role model on and off the mm-hmm. court. And uh, there's only been one ejection for him in his career previously. And it was for arguing a call, I believe in 2017 or 2018 when he was with the Cavs. And Anthony Davis said after the game, he isn't a dirty player. And I agree with that for sure. But like sometimes when you see something just like, you got to call it yeah, like it he is took a here. Shot. Listen, he took a shot. I'm just saying, I don't think his intent was to punch him in the face. I do think his intent was to to give him something extra is what I'm saying. I think he was like okay. willing to get a flagrant foul because he was like, enough of this, you know, and he wanted to give him a, you know, he wanted to give him a get off me. He didn't want to give him a box out. I just think he genuinely didn't mean to punch him in the face because I think he immediately was like, oh, no, I punched this guy in the face. Let me apologize for that. Um, so I am interested because I read the new the New York Times had a game story type of write up on this situation, mm-hmm. which I thought was very um, um, interesting. All the and news is fit they, to print, you know. Exactly, yeah. and they describe um, they describe LeBron's action after he hits Isaiah Stewart in the face as he looks like he's going over to gesture um, um, to lay a, lend a hand of apology, mm-hmm. basically. And clearly, not maybe not clearly, but Isaiah Stewart was upset to a degree that makes me feel like I don't I don't think that like what do you think Isaiah Stewart was responding to, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like I just think the he pain, was, I just think the blood, or I think did he, LeBron say something? Did Russell Westbrook say something? What was like how he was he was hot. Like I have not seen someone that hot. Um, I, on a I don't, I don't want to speculate and maybe we'll find out. I mean, a lot of people, when they taste their own blood or you feel that blood coming down your face or or maybe he just felt like who knows what kind of back and forth they've been having all night and he just was fed up. I have a hard time believing LeBron 
doubled down after hitting him in the face. I have a hard time believing him or Russ or someone like that kind of doubled down and said something. But uh, who knows? I, I I don't want to speculate on on that aspect of it. But I mean, it was a, it was a crazy seat. It was there's no question. It was it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty intense moment. And for all the people who said NBA players don't want to fight, Isaiah Stewart wanted to fight. You know who else was ready to fight? Russell Westbrook, who squared up. So, so Russell Westbrook was um, assessed a technical foul. Uh, LeBron and Isaiah Stewart were obviously ejected. Russell Westbrook did not know that he was assessed a technical foul until a reporter asked him a question about it after the game, which was uh, high comedy Legendary, and yeah. very enjoyable. Um, I guess I, I don't really know what else there is to say about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was they play again on Sunday. I was looking at the schedule. And I'm like, oh my god, that is that is juicy. Like, yeah. I the night before you know, the Heat Nuggets rematch. Sure, the, is Mar- yeah, first of all, the- is Marquise Morris even healthy? What's going on with this? Okay, night? can we can Put I can I talk about this actually for a quick second? Okay, sure. The floor is yours. I I don't want to derail this, but I think it, there was a lot of talk after that incident that Jokic was provoked and. You know, oh, it was two wrongs and a cheap shot. Like, Morris had it coming after the cheap shot he took, etc. I didn't want to wade into this on Twitter just because it was so annoying how I felt like everyone, you know, you had Nuggets fans and you had Heat fans and then you had all this stuff and you have people who think Jimmy Butler is a fake tough guy or, you know, and everyone's kind of just have competing interests and coming up with their own narrative. Like, Markeith Morris has missed every game since then with a neck injury, with whiplash. And I don't know. I, it just, to me, it's like a, a reminder that, like, what Jokic did was really dangerous. And I've seen people be like, Jokic is lucky he didn't get hurt on that Morris bump, you know? Oh, Morris could have knocked his knee. Like, Markeith Morris did get hurt. Nikola Jokic... How could you say his intent was anything but to hurt him the way he, the shot he took at him? So, I love Jokic. Uh, you 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 know this. I, I picked him to win MVP um, mm-hmm. earlier this week. Like I, I talk about the Nuggets all the time. I pick them to win the finals every year. Like I love them. I love that team. I have nothing against them. I only want to see success for that franchise. But yeah, I, I just I, I think it's because like maybe people don't like Markeith Morris. There's not a lot of sympathy for him, but. I don't know. The, the fact that the guy's missed every game since then, to me, it's kind of uh, crazy how, how that just kind of storyline went away. And I, it felt like people just wanted it to happen to Morris, frankly. And it's been uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it was kind of a punk move by Morris and then a double punk, really terrible, dangerous move by Jokic. And he was suspended for it. So. Mm-hmm. That's my take on that. Okay, so let's move on now and kind of Talk, have the LeBron discussion that you and I now. Um, I, I just want to prep our listeners because you you said this, Mike, unprompted that you had takes that you were ready to bring today. Takes that preceded this brawl. Takes that preceded the Isaiah Stewart foul. And you, I just want to make it clear to our listeners, Mike was going to say these things no matter what happened in that Pistons game. He's ready to go. He has LeBron opinions. Let's hear him, Mike. Well, now I have. I feel like the anticipation is at a level that I can't reach. So thank you for that, <laughs> Rohan. Um, 
We're going to start with an email, though, from Brian. And that's how we're going to kick off this conversation. Mm -hmm. Who writes, Hi, Rohan, Chris, and Michael. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. Do you think he ordered that email in order of how much he likes each host? I think all of our uh, listeners do that, and that's why you're last every single time. (laughs) I think that was a Rohan, Chris, and Michael. But okay, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Brian writes, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. I'm not trying to have a hot take question, and hopefully my bona fides as a Lakers fan since the mid-1960s will show this. But is LeBron even a top five player in the NBA? I'm not saying he's not. I'm just asking. I'm not sure. Here's the thought experiment I used. I'm allowed to pick any player from this year to lead my team through the regular season and into the playoffs. This isn't a career evaluation nor speculation on who might help me in three years. This is what I came up with. Number one was KD, then Giannis, Steph, Jokic, and Luka. So for me, LeBron is somewhere below those five. The best arguments for LeBron are that he's a proven commodity who's been there many times and has always been so hard to beat in the playoffs. For me, Even with that, it would only move him up to fourth best on my list. But there's an offset, health. How sure am I that he'll be there in the end? I'm reasonably sure, but not nearly as sure as I am of Nicola and Luca. Let me know where you guys stand. Okay, so, Brian, thank you so much for that email. Um, Watching, you know, I go back to um, a piece that I wrote at the very start of this year about... Uh, LeBron and his energy on the defensive end. And so far this season, you know, LeBron has obviously missed a ton of time with an abdominal strain. He turns 37 years old this season. And uh, his first game back from injury was in Boston on Friday night in a 22-point loss, by the way. Um. In that piece, I wrote about how his defensive energy was just very lacking to start the season. And the numbers when he's on the floor um, are atrocious. Like, LA's defense is very, very bad. And I think that we knew heading into the season that they were going to struggle. But that's kind of the point here in that the Lakers need this guy to be, like, absolutely a top five player, I feel, if they want to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Because Anthony Davis is terrific. Uh, Russell Westbrook is obviously struggling. And the fit with all these different pieces is very up and down. And they've been hurt and and this and that. Um, LeBron is really kind of the key here. And so he becomes this very fascinating variable, in my opinion, to just what the how we should even tier teams going forward and how we should look at all these teams right now and who's a contender and who is not. So like you and I had, I think it was you and I, maybe Chris as well had this conversation before the season began. We were joking about like, who's going to write the first Luca is better than LeBron (laughs) column. Um, I can't remember if that was on the pot or if it was offline. Um, But let me just throw it to you. Like, is LeBron a top five player right now? And if not, how many players are better than him? So it's a really interesting question. And it's a great email, Brian. It's not a hot take. 
I think you mentioned something really interesting. The Lakers need LeBron's. I think we can agree like maybe the best problem solver in NBA history. He's the the chess master, the Bobby Fisher. The way he, the way he just game to game, and you especially see it in the postseason, just kind of manipulates the energy of a basketball game to fit his needs on a given night. I think is unparalleled. And I think what the Lakers did this year that we've said from the moment they did their offseason overhaul was they're putting a lot of pressure on LeBron to figure out these problems. They put a lot of pressure on him to figure out, you know, what to do on the nights Anthony Davis doesn't want to start at center. They need to, they're need they putting a lot of pressure on him to figure out what to do with Russell Westbrook. They're putting a lot of pressure on him to figure out what to do with these one-way role players. Now, part of that is his own undoing. I mean, he was apparently holding these free agent meetings uh, in his house, and he wanted to play with Russ, so he has some culpability there in terms of how this roster was put together. Now, in terms of is LeBron a top-five player right now, to answer Brian's question, if you're looking at a guy to take me through the regular season, I think LeBron is right on the edge. I think I'd still take him over Luka, frankly. The problem is that difference between you would take him being... Le- you, would take, you, you would take LeBron over Luka from game one to game 82 if you're trying to position your team I, as best I, you can heading into the playoffs? I would, and here's why I'll say that. I think if LeBron were on a team that felt built to his strengths, I think the Lakers would be looking a lot different right now. I mean, we saw it last year when they were coming off the the bubble and they had this incredibly short turnaround, they started off the season incredibly hot. Now, I understand that the injury thing is now real, and it's impossible to predict it, and you have to imagine he's going to miss, I don't know, 15 games a year. A A lot of stars miss that many games. You know, Jimmy Butler's missed a couple games this year. Uh, Steph, you know, has missed time in the last couple seasons. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, pre-Achilles, he had the broken foot. Like, it happens to players of his caliber. We're just not used to it happening to him. But it does happen. Uh, Even Jokic, who's been an Ironman, is missing time now. Luka's missed time. So it's, it's going to happen, and so the injuries worry me slightly less. They're, they're worrisome in the fact that we're just not used to it happening to him to this degree. But I just think the, the problem is the difference between LeBron being one and LeBron being five is a huge difference for the Lakers because this team's not optimized to him. So if LeBron was still that number one, number two guy, then maybe they look a lot better because he's figuring out the problems. He's, he's kind of overwhelming the fit issues. Now... Because there's that little bit of decline, he can't necessarily get them over that hump by himself. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit more so with the Lakers. I, th- I still think he's maybe five or six. I'm, I'm not ready to put Luka ahead of him. I, I don't think I'm ready to put Luka ahead of him, for sure. And here's another thing I'll, I'll add. To spin, Brian question, to, spin, to spin Brian's question forward. He might not be a top five regular season guy, but... I still think he's in my top five of game seven. Who do I want on my team? And I don't think he's number one because I'm thinking back to the playoffs, Mike, and KD, uh, what is it, 50 points in that game seven against Milwaukee? 
Giannis with the 50-point Game 6 Finals closeout. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not just about scoring what LeBron does, but, I mean, you will remember his Game 6 in Boston. Uh, the the Game 6s he had against Indiana, his Game 7 against Boston. Uh, this is years ago. I know, but my point is, that's what this that's the point I'm getting to, is he's had those huge scoring nights in the playoffs, right? And I don't think he can get mm-hmm. to that level anymore. So he's not my number one guy I want in a game seven. That worries me a little bit. I would have never said that, I think, the first, I don't even know how many years of his career. Like, the fact that, I, I don't think that he could have the 50-point game seven like KD did, or like Giannis did. And that worries me a little bit about him. But if, I, if I'm looking at a guy to control a game seven... I still think I want him, maybe even over Jokic, frankly, who I had think has a sterling playoff record and has delivered time and time again in elimination games specifically. I still think I want LeBron in that scenario. And that's important. So I guess like I already mentioned the defense, mm-hmm. which just has gone down a notch. Um, you look at very like uh, many different aspects of his game, ISOs, post-ups, drives, his ability to draw fouls. Mm-hmm. All these things are really, you know, they're either the lowest they've been in, you know, 10 years or the lowest they've been in his entire career in terms of volume, in terms of efficiency. And when I watch him play more than the numbers, because the numbers are, we're just dealing with a very small sample size, yes, I feel like, yes. still with him. And he's working his way into the season, and he wasn't 100% healthy for some of these games. I understand that. But when you just watch him play, it's really hard to kind of separate what is the physical decline versus what the Maybe surroundings the are doing to <laughs> yes. his game. Yeah. Agreed. So it's like... LeBron might still have every tool in the toolbox, but like what good is what good are those tools if the house you're working on is um in flames? Like <laughs> it's just like that's just not it's just not relevant to mm-hmm. what we're talking about. So that's been a little difficult for me to kind of parse, but there are so many and possessions that's, still. Yes, that's where, the biggest reason why I'm not giving up on him, by the way. But continue. No, like there's still so many possessions where like he just doesn't have the burst. Like he's not getting a, a he's not getting the step on his man. He's not like there was a play where he actually scored on of all players beef stew. He's coming downhill on a pick and roll and all he can do is like throw his shoulder into Isaiah Stewart in the paint. Like he can't get around him anymore. That's just not who LeBron is and he's not making the game. One of the things about LeBron that's been so amazing for the past like 15 years is how he makes basketball this really fast game that's really complicated and really difficult he just makes it look so easy he's not he's not taking shots that make the game look easy and he's not making plays that set up other teammates that with that the, like just the, everything looks very um muddied in a way that it just hasn't for him in a very long time and Maybe I'm being too dramatic here. I don't mean to sound that. I still think he's you call one him of the, the best players. King. You think he's the wash I king? I will not. I'm not going to say that. And I don't title this that. episode hashtag wash king in quotes. Michael Pina. I'm not. I'm not going there. Still think he's great, but I do think it's worth talking about. Okay, if LeBron is, 
you know, and, you know, I, I think, like, first of all, this is a sidebar real quick, but, like, when we rank these players, it sounds kind of reductive for the purpose of mm-hmm. can the team that the player is on win the championship. But I kind of disagree with a case like this because of the situation that the Lakers are in where mm-hmm. they need – they just need top top three. Like, yes. when they won the title, yes. they had two top three players yes. straight up. So that's yes. why they won the title. And if you don't have that – and all these other teams around the league are more impressive than you are, and the landscape has shifted, and they're not in the bubble, then the dynamic has changed. So you think if LeBron is one of the hashtag Wash King, hashtag Bubble Frauds. <laughs> that Mickey Mouse title. <laughs> There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/TheShy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This brings me to one of, and I, I wanted to throw this on you, mm-hmm. um, so I hope you're ready for it. Uh, this is my, like, I'm trying to not be too hot here with this take, Ooh. but I'm just, I, w- I was just thinking about the Lakers, and I was thinking about the situation that, like, let's say LeBron... I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's say LeBron just continues to, you know, average 22 and 5 and 5 as opposed to 28, 8 and 8. And his efficiency is down and he's just launching threes and he's taking these like contested baseline fadeaways and they're going in like 38% of the time. You know what I mean? Like if this is who he is. You think they're going to attach him to Russ to get rid of the contract? You know me very well, but that was not exactly where <laughs> okay, I was going. Okay, okay. Where I was where I was going is if you're the Lakers and you kind of are looking at the situation like, okay, we have AD in his prime and 
it's a little dramatic to say we'd be wasting a year of AD's prime here, but in the same vein of we can't, if you're the Sixers, we can't waste Joel Embiid's prime. Yeah, we should talk like, about what they're doing, by the way. But Sure, we can in a second, and maybe this mm-hmm. all might come together um, with a galaxy brain. Um, take care by oh. me. But if you are the Lakers, like, what do you what do you do to like set like prevent your your present and your future from being just a total um, dumpster fire? Like, what what do you do there? And no, so, it's a my question, real quick. My question is, how do you parse LeBron's trade value and? Is there a universe in your eyes that the Lakers actually trade this guy? It's a great hypothetical, and it's really interesting. I think there's a 0.0000 chance they trade LeBron James. <laughs> uh, this is the franchise that gave Kobe the sweetheart extension uh, when he was cooked. No offense to Kobe, nor disrespect to his memory, but when he got that that last two-year deal, I think everyone in the league looked at it as the Lakers taking care of their guy. Uh beyond the point where he was a superstar. And that's okay. I'm okay with the franchises doing that. Like, people like, lose sight of those things. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But, uh, yeah, I I am I'm not thinking it's a possibility that they trade him. And I wrote about this when they traded for Russ. They just took such a gamble because LeBron's only got a couple years left. We, we were all wondering, when is this, you know, going to maybe look like a little, he's declining a little bit, and we're here. They needed to build a team that was the exact opposite of this one. They needed to build a team that was young, that had shooting, that complemented their stars. Instead, they brought in all these old vets and guys like Russ, and and they just went the complete opposite way. I don't think there's a universe in which they trade him. I think they have to ride out, you know, Anthony Davis is 28. I think they have to ride that, you know, I think LeBron is, what, two years on his deal after this one? Um... I think that they have to accept, okay, AD is going to be 30 when LeBron is maybe retiring or maybe he wants to go play with his son. Who knows? But And rebuild from there, reload from there, and they're always going to be an attractive option and people are going to want to play with AD, etc. But I don't think there's a chance that they trade him. And I'm not saying that just to like, you know, completely ruin this question because I think it is interesting and in a world where... You know, if, if we were, like, only focused on, quote-unquote, asset culture, then maybe you'd consider doing something like that. But that's not the reality, and I don't I don't want it to be. But I think the biggest issue is they made was, I wrote this, like, you, why are you taking such a big gamble when you don't know how many great years he has left? And to me, I, I'd be more interested in seeing them blow up the rest of this roster. I mean, do you? How do you maybe unload Russ? Do you have to attach Taylor Horton Tucker? You can't. You can't. Uh, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't trade him. It's that's just not going to happen. As in, you Unless think no team John would Wall. ever take him? Russell Westbrook? No, that ship has sailed. But here's the here's the specific hypothetical I want to throw at you, and I also want you to look at th- th- look at this through the lens of: Is there also a possibility where LeBron looks at the situation? And he's like, I'm trying to win a ring here, and I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking around, and I have like Carmelo Anthony getting hunted on ball screen after ball screen. Malik Monk cannot 
Malik Monk is getting cooked by Frank Jack. I don't know if you watched the game. I watched just the entire Pistons game. <laughs> oh, the, Frank Jackson getting, is just the, like cooking Malik dude, Monk the off Pistons the Pistons are just running at, by every single Lakers perimeter defender, like free run to the rim. I mean, it was a situation where when Isaiah Stewart and LeBron went out, I think I texted you this, or I forget who I texted this to, but it was like the Pistons losing Stewart was more costly than the yes. Lakers losing LeBron. I mean, the LeBron. Pistons had no size. They had no one for AD down the stretch. Yes, I agree. So here's my little hypothetical for you that I've been pseudo-teasing for a minute now. The Los Angeles Lakers trade LeBron James to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibel. What happens? Who it's says Simmons, no? Thibel, and Maxey? <laughs> Do you need a cigarette? <laughs> that is a good one, Mike. That is a good one. The Lakers say no. The Lakers say no. Definitely. But they would they should think about it more you, than they would. Can I ask you why like like if you could if you if you're the Lakers though, like I'm just going to sell it from the Lakers point of view real quick. Mm-hmm. We have LeBron, we have Westbrook. This was a colossal mistake. We're not going to win the title. Let's get a guy who's 10 years younger or however many years younger, even more years younger than 12 years younger than LeBron, Ben Simmons. Let's rehabilitate him in L.A. He'll be happier, presumably. He gets to play with Anthony Davis, who is a wonderful fit or a better fit than Embiid with the style of basketball they play. Um, Maybe the jump shot eventually comes around. The defense goes up a level. They need better perimeter defenders on that team. And you kind of look ahead to the future and you just think in the post-Russ world, we'll have Max. Maxi looks like, I don't even, like he, Tyrese Maxi just looks Maxie's incredible. Yeah. Maxi's going to be like really he's good. Getting, he's getting one of those junk stats. That, like he's one of only six NBA players in history to average blank, blank, and blank after 6 p.m. on Tuesday nights. Like he's one of those no, guys. He, he, he's, <laughs> no, he's, no, he's, he's good. Very good. He's legit. He's legit. <laughs> so like uh, just at a pure value proposition – like it's talking basketball strictly, not yes, talking now, business. Yes, now here's why I still think they and... say no. Here's why I still think they say no. Okay, because the Russ elephant is still there, and that's to me their biggest problem. You can't play Russ. I mean, they already have a shooting problem. You cannot play Simmons and Russ together. Also, you know they're going to trot out a lineup of Russ Simmons, like Mella or not DeAndre Mello. Jordan. Yeah, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. Like that's going to be absolutely heinous. That's going to be an affront. To basketball, they're going to look like, I don't know, like the 85 Rockets out there or something. Some team that had just way too many bigs. Um, I mean, that's why I don't think they do it. Because I, I understand about maybe trying to retool toward the future. But to me, any move like that involves getting off Russ. That to me is a bigger issue. Because you're just saddled with his contract and it's like an anchor. Um that brings down even that's the thing that's the real problem with that Westbrook contract is even if you want to go get someone like a Ben Simmons you cannot because it, unless you're willing to just bench him literally park him like the Rockets are doing with John Wall how do you make it work do you bring Simmons off the bench do you bring Westbrook off the bench who's going to be happy with that setup so 
that's why I don't think it works. I, I do think it would be interesting um, to see a Simmons Davis front court if Davis committed to playing center and Simmons committed to playing power forward and not point guard. That could be a really interesting, fun team. Maybe it's something that they visit in two years or after the season once there's more clarity on Simmons' situation and they know maybe what LeBron's kind of end of career plans are. But uh, I, I don't see it happening right now because that, that Russ thing is just sitting there like the elephant in the room. I mean, and I think that's look, what prevents it. Like the Russ thing is he's got $44 million due this year. He's got a $47 million playoff, player option next year. And like I could see next year there being some kind of buyout situation or a, hey, just so you know, like we cannot play you with Ben Simmons. So if you want to win the championship, um, maybe you should take this buyout and go sign with like KD and Harden or something <laughs> in Brooklyn. Like, I got, I, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out like a, it's a kind of a, uh, uh, like a fantasy land type of for sure fake trade it's there. But it's I- interesting. I like the idea of Simmons and Maxi on the Lakers, and I think LeBron. I thought LeBron should have seriously considered the Sixers the year he signed uh, with the Lakers. That would have been a, a, an incredibly intriguing option. I think Rich Paul maybe had a phone call with them. I don't think he was ever really seriously considering it, to be honest. But I think he should have considered signing there that summer. Um, here, can I say something about the Sixers real quick? Sure. I mean, when Embiid was healthy, they were one of the best teams in the league this season. Granted, it was early. Maxi, you mentioned, has been playing incredibly well. I want to talk about wasting time. The undercurrent of this whole Ben Simmons saga is, you know, Maury is being like, we'll, we'll wait four years if we have to. Listen, I understand management not wanting to cave, set precedents, etc., and Maury's getting celebrated. Why are you wasting time with Joel Embiid? I keep saying this. Like, you are. If now the Sixers are so intent on proving a point, on winning a power struggle, that I think that they are not realizing that they could win a title this year if they get the right pieces around Embiid. I don't think Embiid is like a traditional superstar, Mike. I don't. I don't think you need a second. You know, I mean, you saw the Giannis do it with Giannis do it with the Bucks. Like Chris Middleton is not. Where, where did he end up falling in our, our top 100 in the 20s? Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't have you besmirching Chris Middleton. I'm not besmirching Chris Middleton. I'm saying I'm saying they're very good players, but they're not top 10 superstars, super team. No one was calling the Bucks a super team when they got those guys. Or when they got Drew Holiday. It was like, this is a great team, but it's not a super team. My point is that you don't need to do, you know, the way Maury has gone star hunting in the past... I don't think that's what you need to do when you have someone like Embiid, who is just such a matchup problem for every team in the league. It's a lot different building around someone like him. And the fact that they're willing to wait it out for four years, like they said, or whatever, to me, is stupid. Because you have a guy that I think can go get you the title. I know that you're like a Sixers hater and you refuse to believe you know, Embiid could do it. But I, I thought they could have won the title last year if they had someone who was willing to shoot in the fourth quarters as opposed to Simmons. So... Look, yeah, I think that Embiid is terrific. Uh, I think <laughs> it's really convincing. comparing him. You're you're essentially comparing him to Giannis, though, right? Giannis, two time MVP, heading into 
the year that he won the championship. And I am comparing him to Giannis. I think, th- frankly, I think that on their most talented days, I would on, the, on their best days, I think Embiid is right there with him. Okay, that's a fair enough opinion. I disagree with it slightly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, can we put a little, uh, put a button on this LeBron discussion sure. here? I guess, like, um, are we being, are we, like, concern trolling here too no, much? No, it's, wanna... it's a team that was, we didn't, we had concerns about heading into the season and the, it's just borne out. This was a great defensive team. What happened to their defense? They brought in players who can't play it. Uh, are we, Watch really the Chicago think... Bulls. Watch yeah. the Chicago Bulls. That's what happened to their defense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just, I mean, letting Caruso walk was absurd. I, I, do we really think Trevor Ariza and Kendrick Nunn are going to turn this around? Um, they look old. Like I said, I still think LeBron in a game seven, he's one of three guys, one of the three guys in the world I want. So I'm not saying that they they can't win, but like we said, the landscape in the NBA is just a little different right now. There, frankly, is a lot more parity in the league. I, I mean, could you see them beating the Warriors in a playoff series? I mean, there's no chance. The way the Golden State's offense is. I mean, you wrote about it, how Golden State's offense looks like it's old offense. Uh, oh, these two teams are on a different planet. They're on a exactly. different, like, so I don't, in a different they, solar system. I, I, I'm not saying that they, they can't win. It's still early, but they need to make significant changes to what we've seen them do so far. And what those changes are, where they're going to come from, that remains to be seen. But if, if they're running the same st- strategy and lineups that they are now, they're not, they're not winning anything. Yes, I agree. The offense is um, really tough to watch, honestly, even when... LeBron is on the floor. 
Um, and and even you can when, go back and check the tape because I said this in our preseason mega preview pod with Beck and Herring and Mannix. I said then uh-huh. I wouldn't be shocked if this team went out in the first round because I was that nervous about how they were constructed. So I just want to say, I've, you know, I've not been we've been on this. Of course. Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's, I think we can move on from this year. I just think that it is a fascinating, um, well, we're like, we're going to be checking in again on LeBron, I would assume throughout <laughs> no the doubt. season. Cause the, he's LeBron and he has the utmost, he deserves the utmost benefit of the doubt. But just when you watch him play and you look at some of the numbers, it's a cause for concern. And this team is not built to like the whole thing about getting Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Was that Westbrook could alleviate some of the strain from LeBron and his load, and that's just like not—it's just not going to work out like that. That's just not possible, I guess. <laughs> if you just like watch this team play basketball, it's just like that's just not going to happen. So they have a lot of um, problems. I know Frank Vogel said that that Pistons win last night could have been a turning point. I uh, vehemently disagree, unless that's when he decided that DeAndre Jordan is going to have to get cut and Dwight why are they Howard. also like start Dwight Howard if you must start a center I, don't get me started but okay let's move on then yeah um, please let's talk about uh Luke Walton uh speaking of the <laughs> Lakers old uh Lakers head coach Luke Walton was fired by the Sacramento Kings after three seasons there on Sunday afternoon just real quick, Rohan, what was your uh, reaction to that news when you first heard it? Just classic nonsensical kings. I'm not saying that Luke Walton deserved to keep his job based on their performance, based on the Kings' performance this season. But you could have said that after last season. Why Why did you even go into the season with Luke Walton as the coach if the hook was going to be this quick or the expectations were so high? What what did he prove to you the last couple of years that that he was going to turn this around? So there's that. There's the idea that I I don't know that their expectations match the roster that they've built. I, I to me fighting for the plane is around where I expect them. What does management think? And I, I believe well, do you think that, that this team was gonna like? get to the play-in and then be competitive in the play-in? Is that the vibe you were getting I, from watching I, I them? I thought maybe if, if Fox kind of continued on the trajectory he was from on from last year and kind of took another step up, you know, Halliburton takes a step up. Neither uh, of those things have happened. Exactly. And I, I <laughs> and I do think that there is some stuff that, you know, the sample sizes are getting bigger. I do think there's some stuff between them that will kind of level out a little bit. So, yeah, I, I just think to me the Kings is like why why didn't you do this in the off season when people kind of already had questions about Luke Walton? You did right. I believe you wrote about this, and I, I saw you tweet about this, and it's it was funny to me because under Dave Yeager the Kings played really fast, and that that last season under Dave Yeager, and that's another thing. Their last year under Dave Yeager they were great. That was the most exciting Kings season of the last fifteen years. Finished ninth in the Western Conference, and. They fired Dave Yeager, which was a terrible move. Also, get well soon, Dave Yeager. Um, yes. And uh, they get rid of him. And now they bring in Walton. He grinds the team to a halt, weirdly, which made no sense because his Lakers team played fast. And I thought, oh, this is good. He had a young Lakers team, and uh, they played fast, etc. He's going to do that with the Kings. That's not what happened. And 
to me, it's like, yeah, it's the same old story with the Kings. It's like, it just doesn't matter what you do because from top down, you're a mess. And I, I, I'm just, I'm nonplussed. Like, I, this isn't going to move the needle for me. Okay, so I want to say a few things, then I have a question for you about the future of this team. Um, number one, like, it's hard to blame. I don't think Luke Walton is necessarily a great head coach. I'll just throw that out there. Like, I know that his players haven't been superb in L.A. and in Sacramento, but his teams just haven't um, performed very well, and it's really difficult to kind of identify any sort of on-court personality with um, mm-hmm. what he's thinking and what he how he wants his teams to play. And so, you know, you mentioned the pace thing, and it's like he comes on board, he wants to slow things down despite having one of the fastest players in the history of the league who is great because he is um, just a speed demon in the open floor. Mm-hmm. So we're going to slow things up and we're going to focus on the defense. Okay, a year later, we have the second worst defense in the league, one of the worst defenses in NBA history. And I know there's like a lot of weird stuff that has happened over the past couple of seasons, so to be fair there. Um, so I'll just say that about Luke Walton. Um, the other thing is like, it's really hard to blame a head coach for everything that Vladi Divac did <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> during his reign in the front office. Um, you have, I, I mean, I don't, we, we literally don't have time to go through it, but the big thing that stands out today and just that hovers over this team is Marvin Bagley, who was selected second overall when you could have had Luca. You could have had, I mean, I know you still have, I know you had Fox on the roster, sure. Could have had Trey Young. Could have had Jaron Jackson Jr. Could have had Michael Porter Jr. Could have Shade Gilgis Alexander, who I know wasn't necessarily, that would have been a wild thing to do. I know that, but you could have traded down. You could, this is taking Marvin Bagley over Luca, I, I guess, period, point blank, was just a mistake. That's, uh, that's all we really need to say. And about I that. like Marvin Bagley. That's another thing, is I do think Marvin Bagley could be good. But you know what that's helping is the way the Kings have handled him. No, it's been a total disaster in this season. He's, I mean, you, you just watch him play. His confidence is completely gone. He's averaging like 3.8 points per game. Um, he was out of the rotation at the start. It was a whole, yeah. there was a whole uh, disaster. statement Absolute made by disaster. his agent. Um, so that's been just terrible. Uh, then you go, Monty McNair decides not to match um, Bogdan Bogdanovich's offer sheet. He goes to Atlanta. You know, he's one of the reasons that the Atlanta Hawks go to the conference finals. Uh, he's one of the best three point shooters. And they in the were league. having success with the healed Bogdanovich Fox trio. <laughs> they played well together. It was it was weird. It's one of those situations where, in the moment, it's like, okay, why would you do that? You could have matched it, and then you could have just traded Bogdan instead of losing him for nothing. It was just like, yeah, we can't. So that's not Luke Walton's fault that you lose a key rotation player like that. And right now, they're like. 27th or something in three-point percentage. Buddy Heald's coming off the bench. Buddy Heald's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. So, yeah. So I I just... A lot of what is happening there now is not Luke Walton's fault necessarily, even though I don't think he's a good coach. But going forward, my question to you is, what do they do with De'Aaron Fox? Like, what is the strategy here? For this team 
in the long term? Like, do, is he the franchise point guard? Jonathan Trucks wrote about this on The Ringer, and I wrote about this on SI.com. But it's like, he's one of those, like, I say this about Sabonis a lot, and I no disrespect to Sabonis, but, like, low-tier mm-hmm. all-star. Yeah. That can't be your best player if you want to do anything of significance in the league. So you have Halliburton, you have Davion Mitchell. These are really talented players who seemingly play the same position and want the ball in their hands eventually. De'Aaron Fox obviously wants the ball. Not a very good outside shooter. Needs the ball. So, like, I don't know what what you're doing here, frankly. And is it time to, like, do the teardown? Like, like... I, that is so frustrating for Kings fans. I can't even imagine this team hasn't been in the playoffs in what fifteen years. At least they got so, Lady Bird, you know. Sure, exactly. <laughs> yes. Just shout out to Dave. Um. So, like, I I don't know what what do they do? Do they trade Fox? I think they got. What, what is down. happening? I think I honestly think they got to trade Fox, and then I don't say that as a diss to Deer and Fox, who I love, who I think can be really good on a good team. He's just not in a situation to succeed, I think, in Sacramento. Like, I, I think it's going to be mutually beneficial because I do think they need to blow it up and they need to figure out what at least have some semblance of a plan. Like you said, the Luka thing just set them back. And, and that's the kind of thing that happens. Like, you make the wrong decision. You've now set your franchise back. You have to deal with the consequences. You can be – I understand why they're desperate for a play in birth and why that would be so important to them. But – I just don't think it's going to get them anywhere at this point. Like, even if they were someone to, to make it in, they're not going to turn into the Suns. Like, a star is not going to want to go there because they made the plan. Uh, I don't, just don't think they have the infrastructure for that, even though I do think Alvin Gentry is, is liked around the league. I, I I do think it's time for them to blow it up. And I, I, like I said, it sucks for Kings fans. It's terrible that they're going to have to go play the lottery game, which they've been playing this entire time for a decade and a half. But... To me, they're just a team that really needs to bottom out and just figure this out from the ground up. Like, at least try to become the Knicks, even, where you, you have a bunch of capable people and maybe you're in Julius Randle, who's at the high end of the low-tier all-stars, but at least you have a team that's competitive every night. But to me, like, this is just so depressing that I'm, I'm just, like, throwing my hands up at it. Like, whatever. Yeah, blow it up. Like, trade Fox. Like, you know, I'm sure you could get a really good haul back for him. I'm sure you could get pieces back for Heald. I'm sure you get pieces back for Barnes, maybe even Bagley. Like, yeah, to me, this is it's just not going anywhere. It's presently constructed. It's not. And maybe they go on a little run with Gentry here. Who knows? Maybe it has, like, the Nate McMillan effect on them. I'd be shocked. And I love Alvin Gentry. I mean, I would hope it happens for him. But, I mean, if it doesn't, then, yeah, I, I, I my vote is blow it up. I just want them to play fast. I know that they're kind of playing a little bit of a faster pace mm-hmm. um, this season. Just be first. Be the fastest team in the league. Yes. Who cares? Just let, let that be your identity. And yeah. I, I don't think you're going to win. You weren't going to win anyway. I'm sorry. You're very small. You don't rebound. Um, that's just what this team is. And I think that if you have Halliburton and you have Mitchell, it really makes it a lot easier to swallow a deal that would seemingly set you back a little bit. So, you know, trade it, trade like, you know, it's like I'm looking around at teams that could use De'Aaron Fox and it's really difficult to even find a trading partner, frankly. Um, so I don't know where you go there. Like, is it Jeremy Grant and Killian Hayes in a pick? Like, I, I don't, Duncan Robinson I don't know. In a I pick? just, <laughs> 
dude, you don't stop. Stop. That's a terrible fit. You know it. Stop. Don't get greedy. Okay. Marcus Smart. Kyle Lowry and needs a backup. He can't be playing all these minutes forever. Oh, geez. Okay. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We're going we're gonna to close here. Um, I said at the top we were going to talk a little Celtics, so I'm maybe, a man of my word. Maybe De'Aaron Fox goes to Philly, Jalen Brown goes to Sacramento, and Simmons goes to Boston in a three-teamer. Do you are you trying to end the podcast now and have this be your last episode? Is that what you're trying to do? Sure, sure. I could, I could go eat lunch. <laughs> okay, so we have this email uh, coming in from Anthony who writes, "Hello, Open Floor Team from Queensland, Australia. I haven't been listening as long as most, but it has easily become my favorite." Michael, Chris, and Rohan. See, just a quick aside, that's mm. how they're always ordered. It's always I me see. first. Sorry, Rohan. Michael, Chris, and Rohan are so genuine and hilarious. I always have a smile on my face while listening. Plus, the basketball knowledge and insights you share are fantastic. Anyways, on to the question. I would love to get your thoughts on Dennis Schroeder. Once the quote dropped the bag memes <laughs> died down, it seems no one is talking about him. Any and all thoughts are appreciated. Look forward to the next one. Okay, so Dennis Schroeder um, is averaging... A pretty open-ended uh, question there. <laughs> 20, Dennis Schroeder is averaging 21 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds per game in 11 games as a starter. The Celtics starting lineup since Jalen Brown went out and Rob Williams went out of Horford, Schroeder, Grant Williams, Marcus Martin, Jason Tatum is just absolutely obliterating the league. Um, so yeah, like, I think that 
you know, it's not it's not often that we take a question on a player who is kind of as obscure as Dennis Schroeder and Rohan, you are nodding your head to those listening along. But he's been playing great basketball and he's really helped turn around a season that was um, going nowhere, frankly. And you watch him play, you know, I know that the, the Lakers defense and the Thunder defense are not anything to write home about. And tonight, um, the Celtics play the Rockets, also an atrocious defense, and I anticipate Schroeder will have another big game. But he just looks really good. And this was a reminder from the offseason of just how undervalued he was with the contract they got and how much of a steal it was. And he's a starting caliber point guard. And he's still super fast, still got a, a crazy fast first step. And it's been fun to watch him. Mike, uh, the irony of this is these are all things I told you. Like, you, I remember texting you when Marcus Smart on opening night hit the, the game-tying three against the Knicks. And I was like, I'd rather have Shooter yes. taking that shot. And you were like, uh-uh, nuh-uh. And yeah, I, was I like, stand by that. I I stand no, by no, I like Schroeder. I told him, I told you I thought he should be a starter. You told me they were definitely going to bring him off the bench. I, I like Schroeder. I thought it was a home run signing, no question. I like. I understand that the team was a little obscure. He was fantastic his last season in Oklahoma City. Like he could have easily won Sixth Man of the Year that year. Those three guard lineups with Shea, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder killed teams. If anything, Billy Donovan didn't play that lineup enough because the Thunder weren't sure if they wanted to be good for a while. I think he's always been a really valuable player. The Lakers thing, somehow he's become like the scapegoat for a season that was just kind of decimated with injuries. And I understand you want him to step up more in the playoffs, et cetera, but you're asking him to take on. He also had a, COVID. He had COVID. Yeah, and if you're asking him to take on a completely different role than he anticipated in that first round series, et cetera. I think he's a really, really good player. It's not surprising to me. I've, I've been on... I've been on the shooter train. Like, I've been pushing this. Like, I think he's really good. I think he should have started for them for day one. It didn't make sense to me that he didn't. Um, May I ask you a question then? Sure. So, when Jalen Brown and Rob Williams are healthy, is Dennis Schroeder still starting? Or is he going to the bench? I think he's got to start, and I think you got to move Marcus Smart to the bench. Okay. I'd bring Smart um, and Rob off the bench. I like the Grant the Williams are, front court. The, I like the spacing it gives you. The Celtics are outscoring opponents by eight points per 100 possessions with Marcus Smart on the floor, and they're getting outscored by 12 points per 100 possessions when Marcus Smart is on the bench. So you want to take this player who is the heart and soul of the Celtics, and you want to you want to cut his minutes? Is that what you want to do? You don't have to cut his minutes. Not every bench player gets their minutes cut. I mean, what, what's Tyler Hero's minutes per game at? He's at like 36 or something. He's a sixth man. Make Marcus Smart your sixth man. If anything... I'm I'm helping the Celtics win more games because what do what usually happens when teams go to their bench, Mike? Unless you're the New York Knicks, usually when your team goes to the bench, you start playing worse. But if you're bringing the heart and soul of your team off the bench and you're so good with him on the floor, because clearly he's the reason for that huge on-off differential. It's all Marcus Smart. Absolutely. You bring him 100%. off the bench. Now all of a sudden he's anchoring bench lineups, and boom, you have two great units. You have the Marcus Smart-led bench unit. And then you have the Tatum Brown shooter led starters, and they should all be thriving. I, I'm being serious though. Like, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to bring Smart. You're not going to bring Brown off the bench, and I think Shooter's no. and I think Shooter's a, a, a better point guard than Marcus Smart. He might not be a better mm. player, but I think he's a better point guard. 
I think he mm. he can play better off the guys on the floor in the starting lineup than Smart can. You can run pick and rolls, etc. So to me, it's not. I think even it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. It's, it's I would pretty, rather have Marcus Smart's defense on the floor to start it's, the basketball it's game. It's pretty cut and dry for us outside of the Democratic People's Republic of Boston. Um, you know, and stay out. And How I about know that? I know that General Smart um, has won a lot of battles <laughs> for you guys and. You're singing songs about him, but it's it's pretty cut and dry for those of us uh, who live in the real world that bringing Smart off the bench would not be a big deal. That's what I would do, and I and then I say that, but you know, I've always liked Schroeder, so I know you have your finger on the pulse there. But to me, it's like it's a no brainer. I'd Smart, Schroeder, Brown, Tatum. I, I think Grant Williams. I know the three point shooting has cooled off, but I, I just like the defensive look of him and Horford together. Then. Williams and Horford together, even though they're both good defenders. Um, or you start Williams and Williams and bring Horford off the bench. But okay, just we gotta we gotta wrap this up. You're you're it's what? getting into what? some territory that's just absolutely ridiculous. Why? Is, Al ridiculous? Horford's one of the best players on the team. What are they gonna take him, move him to the bench? What are you talking about? Bro, you can only start five guys in a basketball game, Mike. I, I, know, know. I know. So what are you talking? Okay, so I just know. tell I, me I, your answer, because clearly you know the right answer. What is it then? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay, you obviously what moved Dennis Schroeder to the five? bench. You moved, you moved Schroeder to the bench. Smart, Tatum, Jalen, Horford, and Rob Williams. That's the starting five. That is impeccable defense. That the starting is, five that was um, like just meh to start the season. Yeah, for like two games. All right, all right. We we gotta wrap this episode up. You just, I'm sorry. You just came in. Um, no, 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 no. Because no. you come in here and you're just like. Here's all this info about how great Dennis Schroeder is and how well the Celtics have been playing. And you're like, you know what? Yes. Forget all that. Let's go right back to literally where they started. <laughs> I <laughs> don't like, think that... You're like, take I, that information I just gave you, throw it out the window, and let's go back to night one. I don't think that coming off the bench is a punishment, okay? I think that that's just his better role <laughs> well, for the Apparently it was for Marcus Smart. It just doesn't make sense to bring. It's not that type of player. It's not like he's not independent offense. Dennis Schroeder can get a shot whenever he wants. He doesn't need. I'm just saying get, they there's have. One, there's one basketball, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the court need their shots. So, what is Dennis Schroeder doing besides getting cooked on defense? Listen, they have found something that works, and you want to break it up. So, that's fine. Okay, do you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that that is a wonderful place for this um, all-time episode to end. <laughs> Rohan, thank you. Thank you so much to our listeners. Everyone, please keep the emails coming. Uh, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everyone, please stay safe. Everyone, please continue to enjoy the NBA season. And have a happy Thanksgiving as well. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.